4: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. Now, it's time for Spotlight Star Wars with your host, Ken Knappsock.
5: Hey friends, welcome to a special edition of Spotlight Star Wars 137th in a continuing series. Normally, Spotlight Star Wars is just me uh, monologuing to you, just fellow Star Wars fans celebrating uh, the greatest saga ever told. But from time to time, we like to bring in some guests and talk about their fandom, their experiences with the franchise, and, uh, you know, sometimes their involvement in the franchise. Presenting to you today, an interview with Jennifer Murrow. Jennifer, of course, uh, wrote and was a key uh, person in the development of Star Wars Forces of Destiny. A series, a an animated micro-series that uh, was announced at Star Wars Celebration 2017. Debuted July 3rd, 2017. Uh, there was a preview episode at Orlando, if I remember. And last aired May 25th, 2018. Uh, Nicole, uh, Nicole Dubuque came in and finished the series. Uh, Jennifer wrote uh, several of uh, the episodes, all of season one and well into season two. They released different volumes. Hey, if you're listening, you yeah, probably know. But we uh, are going to dive into that series. Over the time, over the last couple of years, I actually become friends with Janet. We actually met on Collider Jedi Council when she was promoting Forces of Destiny the first time. It's a mutual friends, and and as uh, we talked about, we talked a little bit about how that happened and the, the synergy of that happening, uh, but uh, that's what does Star Wars does. It just the force works magically and brings brings you all together. But what's interesting is, you know, when you become friends with someone, you don't usually sit down and have conversations about their work. Uh, you might uh, keep up to date with what they're doing, and they'll keep up to date with what you are, but... If they uh, worked on a Star Wars picture, you don't sit down and ask, hey, tell me about your day at the office. Give me all the juicy details. It just may be something you don't do. While there might not be a lot of juicy details in this interview, we do get to spend some quality time talking about this series. What was interesting to me about Forces of Destiny is it definitely was targeted for a younger demographic, aired mostly on YouTube, did have some stuff on ABC, of course. But it was without a doubt... um, trying to help introduce Star Wars to different generations. But some, because of jobs or podcasts we're involved with, uh, shows that we're involved with that covered Star Wars, and just if you're a Star Wars fan, no matter the age, you're going to tune in and just see what this is about. We can always always put you in a weird position as a fan because if something in the Star Wars galaxy is specifically designed for an age group you're not in, you still have a tendency to look at it as it's part of Star Wars, especially when something's announced as canon, which this series is considered canon. However, as you'll see in the interview, Jen uh, does uh, discuss what that actually means to her as a creator and what it might mean to the stories. But it is giving you information. There's things to pull from it. And that's where I thought the series really succeeded is it, is succeeded, is it definitely went for the younger audience to help them get into Star Wars, which is, I still think, part of the big... Um, effect and the legacy of forces of destiny but there's big themes big lessons and even big moments in this series which is why uh, i do go back to it and do revisit it uh, it is uh is really fun to sit down and do this interview with with jen and hope you all enjoy it uh, she also has some information on a new project that she just released a, a graphic novel a new dc character primer and we do talk about that a little bit and uh she'll tell you where you can find it but that's enough about me Let's get right to it. A uh, quick break here. We're going to reset. And we're going to talk to Jennifer Murrow of Forces of Destiny. Stick around. This is Spotlight Star Wars. Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments.
1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.
5: All right, Force Center fans, I am so excited to bring to the show a, a real true friend of mine who I had met around the time that Forces of Destiny exploded onto the Star Wars fandom, uh, bringing great little short bite-sized stories to um, a younger audience at times, but also to an older audience. And and, and because it revealed important things, in fact, I even wrote about uh, the, the series and a particular episode, the one where Leia gets her dress in uh, my book, Why We Love Star Wars? So happy to bring uh, Jennifer Murrow onto Force Center to talk about her work on Forces of Destiny. Welcome, Jen, to the Force Center universe.
4: Hello, how are you? Oh, we're so good. We're so <laughs> good
5: surviving these times, are we not there? Yes. Um, Now, Jennifer, uh, we don't we don't want to forget uh, one of the important things. You actually have a graphic novel in the world right now, uh, written, uh, -written, co-written with uh, Thomas uh, Krajewski and uh, illustrations by uh, Gretel Lusky. Primer is out in the world. And uh, how many Star Wars references are in the book? Uh, Don't answer that. Go now. Uh,
4: That's a good question. Do we have one? Gosh, it's a, I don't
5: it's a remember DC now. property, so that'd be, that'd be hard, right?
4: Probably, yes, it is. It's 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 a DC graphic novel with a new superhero, and yeah. she's awesome. And I promise if we get another book, mm-hmm. I will absolutely try to sneak Star Wars references in there. There you go. There yeah.
5: We go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about Primer a little bit at the end here. Uh, Primer is out there, available right now. And I'm very proud of my uh, pal, Jen. Thanks. a wonderful book, putting that great character out into the world. I'm also... Really proud to uh, know uh, know you for your work on Forces of Destiny. It's it's actually was immediately one of my favorite things. I kind of got the vibe, got what was going. Uh, they released, when did they really? Was it spring 2018? Because it was Star Wars Celebration Orlando that they announced it, right? So it
4: was, yeah, it was April 17. Um, but I had been working on it since 16. And That's I think the last ones were aired at the end of 18 or, or mid-18. Mid that is so, right. Yeah.
5: Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I'm just looking at the whole batch. Yeah, I've got it up on uh, Wikipedia here. Yeah, and you know what's funny? I I, I want to go back to the beginning here, and we got some great fan questions from our Patreon supporters okay. coming through Discord. They are really excited, by the way, to 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 just hear you talk about forces of destiny. In fact, r- recently a couple of our listeners actually um, cited uh, that they showed some youngsters in their families or relatives or even just friends forces of destiny as a, as an entry point into star Wars. So as a star Wars fan, which you are, how does that make you feel?
4: Well, yeah, that was definitely like, that's, that was the goal. So it was to introduce, uh, younger fans, uh, younger. Well, well, the, the fans, kids that we wanted to, we would just indoctrinate them early. And it, it basically, it is, you know, it is a, a younger friendly way to introduce and understand who the characters are. So no, that that's really awesome that, and, and I think still people are doing that to this day. Yeah. So it's, it, it makes me feel happy and that we achieved our goal.
5: Yeah. And, and especially considering the, uh, definitely the, I I mean, I I know at some point there was Luke or some of those characters were featured, but, uh, and and Han and everyone shows up and Finn's there, but this was definitely too, also especially when it was in, in in Orlando at Star Wars Celebration 2017, this was like focusing on a lot of the the female characters in Star Wars, which is something that's equally as important and powerful. And I know something near and dear to your heart too, as well. So that, that was also part of the reason it was so cool.
4: Oh yeah. I mean that, 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 that April 17 changed my life. Yeah. That was an amazing experience and yeah. I don't think we'll be replicated. So it is good memories and hopefully lots I've- of photos and mm-hmm.
5: Well, I'm, I want to dive in right there. How does that feel? Because I know I know around that weekend, you know, Janina Gavankar, who you're friends with, had a, had the great Iden weekend. Like that, that was a yeah. big Star Wars. That was a great celebration. How did that feel? Sit? Were you sitting in the crowd when they unveiled this stuff? Yeah,
4: yeah, I was in the front row. Um, and Dave Filoni was up on stage with uh, Daisy Ridley mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> Ashley Eckstein and Tia Sakar and was pretty amazing and. Um, yeah. And, and that was the, that was my panel. And then Janina, Janina's panel, I think was either the day before. So yeah, we both were sitting on this news for our own individual stuff for like a long time. So we were both like bursting at the seams and like tearing up. So it was a pretty amazing experience.
5: As short as you can, cause I know sometimes these journey stories can be long. How did you get to this point, how'd you get involved? Uh, I know you and uh, Dave Filoni, the man of the cowboy hat, <laughs> had worked together before, if I remember the story correctly. But what was the journey there?
4: Yeah, I mean, we had known each other at Nickelodeon when he was on Avatar: The Last Airbender, and he was directing that at the time. And you know, we were all part of that, um, you know, that nerd group, and also Italian helps too. And and John Carlo Volpe, who I always make a shout out to because he's awesome from Clone Wars, but. Um, yeah. All three of us, yeah. And then I had been doing stuff for Warner Brothers in DC, and then this initiative came up, and Dave asked if I was available, and we went in and talked mm-hmm. with the team here down in Burbank, and yeah, and the, the rest changed my life.
5: <laughs> uh, yada yada yada. You're writing Star Wars, right?
4: You know, it it took yeah, it took a long time, obviously, but especially I think I think the jump to I, I was writing female action. Um, I think that was a jump because for women, it was really hard in the two thousands to have women write a lot of action stuff. There weren't a lot of us. And now it's everywhere, which is fantastic. But I was early on and it took a long time to punch through. And I did.
5: And you did, you just kept punching. And then- I kept punching. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I, and I do remember, I don't know if we've ever talked about it directly. I do remember cause this is time when I'm, you know, knee deep working for Jedi Council and doing stuff with Collider and a little bit more worried about Star Wars news than I am now. We mm-hmm. unfortunately are, you know, we're about themes and, and the moments of Star Wars. A little bit of news here and there. I remember, I think it was a tweet or an Instagram picture. You had posted something up there in front of Yoda at Lucasfilm or something like that. And and, and suddenly that was a story, right? People are talking about that. Uh, do, you, do you remember that time? Yeah,
4: ago? no, that was, yeah, I was in front of the ranch and I, I asked to make sure I could post a picture as long as I think you had to be in the photo. You couldn't just take photos or something, but like, yeah, I had no idea. Like I would absolutely wouldn't have bothered. I would have, I would have absolutely not have put it up in the first place had I known it was going to be a big deal, which is why I asked. I'm like, I could put tape. I could, post a picture. Right. And then I was like, yeah, no, this is just too much. So yeah, it was interesting. I did not realize that was a thing, but there's a lot of Star Wars news now. I don't know if that kind of thing would matter these days. Even in, even just a few years ago, it makes a difference. I feel like, I think because wow. the Disney plus has really changed things.
5: Sure. But I think it, I think it might be even worse. I think (laughs) there'd be people camping outside of your house. Yeah. Uh, Those were the early, the heady days of 2016 range or wherever, whenever you post that picture. Right.
4: Yeah. No, I mean, look, if I could do it again, I would definitely not have posted it, but I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. But like, yeah, like it's, it was just a learning experience, you know?
5: Well, you're part of this big machine and that, that a lot of people have a vested interest in as fans and that that's daunting uh, as well, and again, I, I know you're a fan. You're you're a super nerd of them. A- yeah, and
4: I, I was excited. I was just excited to to not only see like you know where all this magic happened, also to see where my friend Dave worked and hit and what he went from to where he was then. It was just it was just it came from such a personal place, and then I realized the world still is a part of that in terms of Star Wars. So yeah. it's just you know it, it was something to get used to and, and learn lessons from.
5: You know, I'm not, and again, I, you and I, it's so funny. The story, I may have told it maybe on, say, the Knapsack Files, but over here in Force Center, you and I met through Jedi Council. You were coming by to do promotions for Forces of Destiny, and the host of the show was like, I I, I don't have time to go for the notes. I need you to sit down and do the interview. And I was like, okay, great. Uh, I love this series, and I'll watch it. And then at the same time, my friend and and writing partner, longtime writing partner and friend, Matt Key, texts me and goes, hey, do you know who Jennifer Miro is? And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, she's literally coming in today. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. And that was about something else. Uh, another project um, that we've been plucking away yes. for years. And it was just one of those. I was like, no, I think she's literally driving to the studio right now, Matt. And he's like, oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So that's. Where I didn't he, know it was
4: that exact. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Part.
5: It was it was it was a weird and that's happened twice through Jedi Council. I was listening to the music of an artist named Van William. And uh, on a a radio station and just loving his his song, his hit single that was coming out, Revolution, with the First Aid kit, um, a band featuring it and everything. And I was like, this is great. And then I show up and I get an email, show up to Jedi Council and they're like, "Oh, here's today's guest. Uh, It's this guy, Van William. And he stands up and goes, I'm a fan of Jedi Council. I'm like, I've literally just been listening to your music.
4: (laughs) I'm I'm telling you, man, you are the crux of the universe. I think you're like, you know, I think you're that whole like Back to the Future Two thing, where if you see yourself, the world will implode or something. I don't know. That's well, so, pretty rad, though.
5: Yeah, you no. Know, so it's it's Star Wars brings together, and you're look, you're like that too. Go to, I'll go to one of your birthday parties, and I'm talking to you know one of the original producers of The Simpsons I don't even know it. You know, you, you've got to, don't don't cut yourself short there, Jen. You
4: know, well, right that's of that. true. I do. I do have creative friends who I love, and I'm so <laughs> grateful for. And yeah. I, I, I just I treat yeah. them like any other friend, I guess I don't think of it that way, but it, I no. think my, I think my 20 year old self should be freaking out. But now that I'm right. living it, I'm just grateful that I have people I love and they're yeah. awesome and,
5: no, and, they me
4: and respect me as an equal. So it's really, really, really grateful.
5: That's awesome. Good. No, no. And, and that, but that's kind of my point of this whole kind of friend, friend story here is, you know, I don't, you and I don't sit down and talk Star Wars a lot when we're, usually we're talking about tomatoes that you <laughs> right. throw in your garden. Um, right. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, you know, it's like you, you and I both uh, know Nathan Hamill. I've never once asked him about his dad. Why would I do that? It's Nathan. We talk about young guns. Like, right. I was going to say,
4: that? yeah, me neither. We'd usually drink whiskey or something. Yeah.
5: Um, but I have, how, when you knew Filoni back in the day, cause I actually had a good friend of mine who was at Nickelodeon Spon- at SpongeBob during that time. And he remembers the airbender, airbender team down the hall. Right. Uh, wow. Did Filoni have the cowboy hat then? Cause my friend couldn't remember. Did oh, he my- have the cowboy hat?
4: Oh Jesus! I gotta ask Giancarlo, or just ask Dave. But I, I don't remember. Oh my gosh! I feel like, I feel like he did. It's not like he wore it around the studio. I, maybe what? he did. Oh damn! Now you stump me. I actually don't remember. Is that, That's yeah. Not- I don't remember him wearing around the studio. Let's put it that way. It might've been like if he went out or something, but I, it wasn't, it right. was not a daily basis that I can tell you.
5: Right. And, he, and he's from Pittsburgh. So I don't know how the connection, I, it's a, it, look, it's a thing and he loves the hat It he wears it to, and, you know, it's a part of who he is. It just, it's and, a, if he can
4: wear a hockey mask all day long. He'd probably rather do that. I'm sure. Great, I, great I, great because he's fan. the biggest hockey fan. So it, it's good. Yeah. It was, okay. it was a good choice.
5: So uh, moving on from Dave to actually talk about <laughs> the series here. I, and I, in writing about uh, the, your series in uh, in my book, Why Were Star Wars? In fact, your quote is on the cover of my book. Thank
4: yeah. you. Yeah. Um,
5: I, I felt compelled to write about this series because we're in this, in this new modern era of Star Wars. Entry points into the into the franchise are very interesting to me, and I think they're very important. Because you, Force Awakens might be the first time you saw it. Uh, the Clone right. Wars. Forces of Destiny, for some people, will be the first Star Wars they see. And it would be very easy to look at an animated, short-form show, did see, uh, you know, was broadcast on TV but might live on YouTube. And you, you as an older Star Wars fan or, any, or a grumpy Star Wars fan, anything, could, could write this <laughs> up. And I loved the stuff, the big themes, the little moments, and the episode of Leia getting her dress, a question that I've been asking myself for 30-plus years as a fan Right. Uh, you know, where did the Ewoks make that? How did that go? You're answering it. And so it's big canon in a little package. How did that feel uh, tackling specific little moments like that? And and the lay address. how did it feel writing that moment? I, I got to know.
4: Well, you know, it's funny, you know, looking at the larger picture and going back to the very beginning, um, I think Dave Filoni put it best where it is, it, it happened, but it happened through Maz Kanata's Uh goggles in a way like it's it's her point of view of it in a way so it's almost like oral tradition being handed down and talked about so i think the canon thing is so weird to me but yeah i mean it's like that's that's maz's version of how it went down that doesn't mean it's not true it's just you know think of sophia petrillo on golden girls you know there might be an embellishment here and there or there might be an extra thing here and there so it's um What's nice is, is at least touching on those moments and going, oh yeah, what about that? Mm -hmm. So if nothing else, that to me, I think matters. Um, I I, think that was really fun.
5: I think it's very important to hear because I I love canon, but I don't focus on it, uh, especially not so much anymore. But I love getting that answer. I love playing with the story. But I love hearing that, hey, it might be through Maz's eyes. And, hey, these stories can change. George did that himself with his own canon. But I what? think it's important. I think it's great to hear from a Star Wars creator, which you are. You, you Your name is on uh, most of these Forces of Destin, Destiny episodes, uh, first couple volumes here. Uh, you're a Star Wars creator. And to hear that, look, the little details, we knew we were going to have fun with them. We knew we weren't going to give answers that you needed to etch down in stone. Cause that's not the point. It's the why of the story. I love hearing that. I love the hearing that approach.
4: Okay? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, we, we had some interesting moments through some, you know, some obviously the classics and, yeah. and I'm just grateful to be able to do that and have fun with it and play with it and, and make friends with the voiceover actors in there. And like, you know, it just becomes a family and yeah. it's, I'm very grateful for that family to this day.
5: A Star Wars voiceover family. That's a good family to have. Mm-hmm. Um, got some questions here from our listeners. Uh, they uh, support us on Patreon and I posted something in our Discord server. And like I said, people were really excited to uh, know that you're coming on. Oh, and yay. All, definitely even Even a couple of years after its release is still something that uh, incites uh, some uh, some passions in the fans here. So we got uh, Chad here. Chad Benefield writes, uh, I'm curious about the lead time for animation. Was Jen able to know the direction of any current stories so that it might influence her episodes? Was there any actual overlap is the first part of his question. Uh, animation lead time is pretty large, Jen, right?
4: Yes, it's pretty large. I mean, it's going to be, I mean, it was at least a year, I think, or something like that. I mean, I think it's minimum eight to 10 months. I mean, that's minimum. So yes, I mean, it's an absolutely large lead time, which is why I was I couldn't talk about it for so long because yeah. the writing's very early on that. Yeah. Um, and in terms of um, the rest of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know if that answers the question in terms uh, of I, the timeline.
5: Yeah. It's, it's, I guess. So you're sitting you might've known some things from last Jedi then, right? Cause you're. So yes. Yeah, so forward. yeah,
4: no, they, they put you in a room. They make sure you just have a photocopy of what you're reading and then you can't take anything with you. So yeah, yeah, no, I needed, I needed that for, for last Jedi. Absolutely.
5: Uh, yeah. <laughs> was there, how close were you to accidentally spilling the beans? You don't have to answer that if it, if it puts you into any legal position, a uh, bad legal position.
4: No, Are no, it's, it's not bad at all. But also I think it was also Rogue One at the time. Yes. Um, yeah. That was another thing I'm like, you know, and it was kind of nice to when I saw what everything was, I was like, Oh, okay. So that's what that was. Yeah. And that's kind of very a dream come true and fun to like that's cool. nothing to spill the beans over, but enough for my brain to go. Oh, that's-.
5: oh that's so, cool.
4: yeah. So that was really, that was really neat.
5: How did the, so Chad second have the question here. Um, did you, uh, did you submit a, a ton of story ideas? Lucasfilm picked the ones they like. Um, and if so, were there some that you really loved that maybe didn't get made or at least not yet? Um,
4: I mean, there was one or two that didn't get made, but you know, Carrie Beck and Dave were, and Josh Rimes were the, were the heart of this thing. I mean, they, they helped make this happen. So, I mean, it wasn't like I submitted a ton of stuff as far as I'm, I'm remembering it's, it was definitely a more of a, um,
5: collaborative type of thing.
4: Exactly. It was a group effort in that way. Absolutely. I mean, Carrie's brilliant and, you know, and Dave spreads himself as much as he can and he's, he's, it so
5: yeah and I think uh, you know with uh, we joke about the man in the cowboy hat I think Dave's great um, but I, I think Carrie Beck is one of the underrated uh, stars oh, over there.
4: Doesn't, completely
5: uh, doesn't get the press uh, e- even if she has a droid named after her in the resistance yeah
4: I mean she's produ- she's producing everything and you know and even now with Mandalore all this stuff I mean this is you know she's she's not going anywhere which yeah. is great so yeah absolutely she had a huge part of this to help get help get this through help get stuff through right.
5: That's great. Uh, we got Utini. Utini asks, uh, do you have a favorite episode uh, from the ones you remember? I know probably it's even hard for you to remember all the episodes you wrote. Well,
4: I mean, it's it was the it was the Luke on Dagobah in Empire Strikes Back. So that nice. was just, that was just so trippy. I, that's yeah. So that was just really, really cool.
5: Yeah. I want to uh, put a pin in that one. Come back to that one. Uh, Utini. <laughs> Uh, Yutini also asks in the episode uh, Porg Problems uh, he says he wondered for a very long time he does add which would make for a bad question I think but I'm going to ask it anyways
4: okay
5: Uh, why do the porgs climb the rocks there's this great moment he even included a a little uh, uh, gif of it of the porgs climbing up to meet Ray Uh, I love porgs I unapologetically love porgs so to see them climb I love this did you did you have a say in that or were you like
4: no I mean that's definitely the animation but like (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's you mean rather than flying?
5: Well, just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I imagine in my head canon, I imagine you sitting around your writing desk calling up Dave Filoni and Carrie Beck on the, on the red uh, presidential phone and going, <laughs> I need porgs to c- climb up a rock.
4: Honestly, I think the best reason they probably did it was because it looks so damn cute flopping from rock to rock.
5: They, they I do. mean, come on. C- come on, it's the power of cute in Star Wars.
4: Yeah, so... It probably looked awesome and that's definitely um, in the on the animation side I think yeah. as far as I remember but yeah floppy feet equal cuteness That's true Yes.
5: Remember that, kids, <laughs> if you're writing your own things. Great question there. Uh, yeah. Alden Diaz uh, Right, in end with a great question. Uh, he, he, first he wrote, oh, that's awesome. So again, excited to see it. Um, he'd love to know how you approach your writing for established characters. So, you know, how do you find their voices? Maybe you maybe rewatching the films or reading the scripts. And have you ever wrestled with the lines that you gave them? Like saying, would they, would Han really say this? Um, do you, how, how much does your inner fan guide you and inspire confidence in how you're creating these characters? So a lot Mm -hmm. of questions there, um, Jen, but I, I, it's something I think I even had for you back then and wonder now, uh, you're writing for characters you grew up watching, right? How daunting is that? And how did you, uh, how did you approach it?
4: I mean, it's, it's weird. (laughs) It It is, it is, it's weird, but it's, um, it, for me, and, and now that I've done it even more and more, up to, up to recently, actually, um, it is respecting the characters and respecting the fandom and respecting respecting the world. It's not really the fandom as much as um, you know what's come before you, what needs to change or not. But it's it's mm-hmm. I try to keep as respectful as possible. So that's how I approach it, mm-hmm. um, and 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 also, but I mean, I had help with that in terms of like what they say wouldn't say, or, you know, we'll word things a little differently or, you know, I mean, Dave, absolutely, you know, with the, with, with um, Yoda's dialogue on Dagobah, like, you know, there's playing with that and making sure that was good. So, you know, I I think, I think if you have the right team to help you with that in terms of keeping it in the right place, that's great. But also coming from a place of, I don't want to screw this up. I don't want, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want me to be mad as a fan. So it's like, if you, if you come at it from that kind of place, I think that's helpful.
5: That's a, yeah, no, that's, that's that look, I, it would be, I'm such a Han fan, for instance, like to actually try to write dialogue for Han, uh, even, even um, in a small one line. You have, I remember you have one line, but I really love because he does use it in Force Awakens where he just, where he calls BBA to a ball. You just, you, the line's great. You, you guys have a great actor uh, performing Han in the series. And, yes. He's
4: amazing. AJ yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And, and, or like even with Hera mm-hmm. and and Han on Endor, uh, Endor. so, and like them having a conversation and him being pissed about the ghost. And I mean, that's just like, how, how would he react in that? And like, I mean, if you know Han and Harrison Ford long enough, then I think yeah. you can manage it. <laughs>
5: And you you did. You did more to management, uh, manage it. I remember just laughing at that delivery and that line. So good stuff. Alton has a follow-up there. Uh, and it says, uh, how does uh, Jen respond to hearing her words performed? And that's something that goes beyond Star Wars. Uh, you, you work on a lot of animated projects. But going specifically to Star Wars, how did it feel to have your Star Wars words come to life, including, uh, you know, Mr. Mark Hamill himself?
4: Yeah, that's why it's like crazy. And I got to talk to him about it. And he was concerned. He was like, I hope I can do my younger, like, I hope it went well. Like, did I sound like my younger voice? And I I was not at that session, but I, I was like, I am sure it was absolutely fine. The man who can do Joker and a million other things is going to be absolutely fine. And he did end up being absolutely fine, which was very cool. Or to even see Yoda happen or, or even like, you know, AJ, Lucasio, he's he he's he um his Han is so good. I ha- I remember closing my eyes in this session just to like hear like Han Solo and like it was so Harrison Ford. It was really scary. So he did a really good job.
5: Really good job. It was very cool. Love that, man. That'd yeah. be something else. Uh, Alex Corey, a couple more left here, Jen. Alex Corey uh, writes, uh, what is the most challenging episode of Forces of Destiny to develop? So you can go any either way with that in terms of just cracking a story or just writing a Star Wars story. What was the ones that maybe you had some self-doubt out over and you had to overcome? Uh, all of them were home runs, but anyone uh, give you a little bit of a fit?
4: Um, God, that's a really good question. I think I think the Dagobah one is was... Because I wanted to get it right, and that was so important. That was such an m- interesting moment with like Yoda in the backpack, yeah. and you know, Dave always thought it would be fun, you know, because like George just will just get in the backpack. Why not? Because he's in a backpack. I, ju- I I I always thought that was hysterical and a good reason. But I, I, that was that was tough only because I wanted to get that right. I think um also for Rogue One for Jin because I don't think it was was it out yet. I'm trying to even remember. It, it was just it was just much lesser known and right. I wanted to make sure that was good too. So yeah, I think those are the ones that stand out.
5: That, no, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Cause when these were released October, two, 2015, Rogue One had been a, a year out, but it was weird seeing, it was kind of our first Rogue One being in the modern Star Wars era. Like it's just part of it. Now you're seeing additional storytelling from Rogue right. One. Right. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. I could see that. And then you, uh, you wrote, Oh, Ewok escape. You wrote, uh, you wrote the one with princess Nisa, right? The, um, is that yours? Uh, the, the one, uh, the, the chief, uh, Chirpa's daughter, right. As,
4: uh, um, I don't think, was that me?
5: I don't know. I'm trying to get the list. Cause I, I uh, Nicole. I mean, I did,
4: uh, you know, I did a bunch of, I think with at least two with Padme, um, yeah. uh, Kat Tabor's amazing at that, of course. Um, and, um,
5: I'm trying to remember, maybe it is volume two or three. Um, it
4: might've been, I, you know, and, and, uh, Hoth was also super fun too because that was a a scene cut from the movie, which was fantastic.
5: Um, Beast of Echo Base, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, great! Yeah. That right. was
4: really really fun too. Uh, and I wanted to get that one right as well, so that was that's a good one because it was like you know it it was almost like filmed in a way like where there where there is cut scene from that. There's actually film footage of you know. That's um, see exactly. yeah. if you're ripping that off. But like, yeah, so I just, that was fun. And I wanted to make sure we
5: got that right. Uh, yeah, you got, I totally forgot about that. And that was great. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to hear from uh, our uh, good friend, definitely not Trey. Trey writes, uh, what are the challenges writing for a younger audience in mind? Uh, again, you have a lot of different experiences writing for different age groups. Primer, you're writing a 13-year-old main character. Um, mm-hmm. To take Star Wars and boil it down for literally... Kids four, five, six, seven, eight range. Right, By, but also for uh, you know forty plus me. Uh, <laughs> nice. how it did, is all
4: ages, yeah. yeah. How
5: did you? How did you as a team? You're Filoni. Everyone carry it back. How did you guys try? Just actually try to approach Star Wars for youngsters.
4: I, I think keeping it as simple as possible. And I think uh, when I originally were, were, I think there were, I mean, my scripts were longer than they ended up being, they definitely ended up getting cut because mm. it's like just right. I mean, there weren't long scripts, but it was like, here, here's the stuff. And now can, how can we boil it down even further? And yep. then when it, once it gets to animation, you know, there's only a certain amount of time and then it gets, and it's, it's about the heart moments and the lesson moments, I think, And, you know, obviously less violence, violence. Um, and I think those are the main ones to, you know, it's the, it's, it's making sure your emotional intelligence stays on track Mm -hmm. with, um, uh, with, for the younger audience specifically. Um, it doesn't have to be educational. It just, it's just about, um, clear through lines, uh, clear themes and, Mm um, And and uh, executing that. So, yeah, that's what that was like.
5: Makes total sense. Love it. Final question is for me, Jen. Oh, how are you going to feel when five, 10, 15 years we're at a Star Wars celebration and someone comes up to you and they're in their early 20s and they're big Star Wars fans and they say, oh, my gosh, you wrote Force of Destiny. That's the first Star Wars I ever saw. What are you going to feel?
4: Damn, that's it. Well, number one, I'll feel old. Then I'll feel proud, <laughs> and <laughs> is- then I will want to siphon their blood for youth juices, right. and then probably shake their hand and take a picture or something. That would um, that would be really really cool and sweet. And I, I guess it's really hard to picture it mattering even right. even in such a small little part of the Star Wars universe. You know, I mean, I'm grateful for to even ever have touched it. So. I mean, it, it would be fantastic and a and, and nice recognition.
5: Uh, I think that's going to happen. I think you're going to.
4: I hope so. I hope yeah. I'm around. I hope, I hope the apocalypse doesn't do me. Yeah. In.
5: You know, that aside, you know, maybe we'll be on Mars. Star Wars Celebration Mars. I don't
4: oh, i go for that. i go well, for that. Enough.
5: There you go. Uh, Jen, thank you so much for answering all the questions about forces of destiny. It's still one of my favorite things of the modern Star Wars
4: oh, era.
5: And uh, if you're out there listening, you haven't checked it out. Uh, please do. I think it's uh, up on the Disney YouTube channel. I was just double checking to make oh, sure. It's on
4: Disney Plus. It's all on Disney Plus it's, right It's
5: on Disney Plus now. That's right. Good yeah. for you. There's uh, a whole
4: like a, there's a whole menu and a whole thing. It's really it's really oh, exciting. Awesome. Hey, you're a sub menu. That's awesome. I'm a sub menu.
5: Uh, check it out, and then uh, I think it's great if you got a young Star Wars fan in your life. Uh, that has been the case. I think uh, it's our good pal Mark uh, Mark Canope who listens uh, to uh, Force Center all the time. He was the one I think, I think posted. Like he sat down with a relative, like three or four years old, uh, maybe even younger, and said, "This is the first Star Wars we're going to see." So yeah, that's a good really room. cool. For that, and then uh, we can't let you go, Jen, without talking again about Primer, folks. Uh, Primer is uh, out there; it's a graphic novel, a superhero graphic novel, following the adventures of 13-year-old Ashley Rayburn and her uh, magic paint powers. Jen, is that the best way to? Well,
4: it's it's a techie science thing, but yes, it's it's her high-tech paints and what she does with them, and um, and that's yeah. So that's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and in um, local comic book shops. Support your local comic book shops if you can.
5: Yeah, absolutely. If, if you're a fan of Forces of Destiny, fan of Jen Murrow, fan of Force Center, throw your support behind Primer. Uh, head to your local shop, ask for it if they don't have it. That often helps. I I've talked about uh, other places, but uh, like with, with with people trying to order my book at a, at a bookstore, that forces them or a comic shop, they got to order a couple, and then there's a few on the shelf. It really helps. So do awesome. that, or of course you can get it online as well. Yes. Uh, Jen, thank you so much for making your Force Center debut. Too long, but yeah, today.
4: Thank you so much. You
5: got it. Thanks to Jennifer Murrow coming on in here to Force Center, making her debut on Force Center. Long time coming. And I hope you guys loved that interview, loved some of the insights into the making of Forces of Destiny. And if you haven't checked out that series, but you're still listening, give it a check. Give it a, give it a check out. Just swing by, poke around, see what you like. I think you'll find some stuff that uh, will surprise you and also entertain you. And also, you know, porks. If, if anything, go for the porks. Uh, I want to thank everyone who listens to us here on Spotlight So It's been a lot of fun. We've been putting out a lot of content recently. New shows, trying things. We will have uh, the return of the data pit. I'll put together one of those as I, I try to find the best way to make that show work. Uh, we've got the Patreon page with uh, Will of the Force broadcast and working on some other stuff as well. We haven't neglected the comic books. It's just been a weird time for me. We're, we're getting ready to maybe dive into some of the comic books in a way that we maybe have never done before in Force Center. But that's been one of the little side effects from the pandemic. Yes, you can get your comic books digitally. A lot of you probably do. I probably should. I love supporting my local comic shop. For me, it's a shop called Earth 2 in Northridge, California. And I head on out there and pick up the comics. Well, you know, that stopped. They couldn't do that. We're just getting back to a routine where they're able to mail out the comics. And I am just now catching up with the new Dr. Afra, the new Star Wars mainline, and the Bounty Hunters comic, which is... It's been pretty good. Bounty hunters aren't something I really dive into a lot on Star Wars. I'm not drawn to them as as much. There are some great bounty hunter characters I do enjoy, Black R. Singh, Cad Bane. Uh, you know, they're definitely they're definitely something I'm interested in. Uh, but I, you know, they're on the depth chart. They're a little lower on the depth chart. Uh, but that bounty hunter comic series, I actually got to say, I've been kind of enjoying that one as well, and was finally able to like catch up with them. So the big Vader reveal, the big Vader comic stuff that's been going on. A lot of the history with Padme Sabé showing up. Uh, I am a little behind on, but I'm looking forward to getting to those books. And that's a great thing. Uh, we talked about forces of destiny today. And that's a couple years old. If you didn't experience it then you can go back and experience it. Now star Wars is always there for all of us. And that's one of the things I love about it. Even if you start collecting baseball cards and sell all your uh, Star Wars figures to get a skateboard so you can fit in with the rest of the kids at school. It doesn't matter. Star Wars doesn't go away. You can always come back to it, and that's one of the things we love celebrating about Star Wars. And we appreciate your support. You can follow us on Twitter, ForceCenterPod. Use the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars if you want to join this conversation or just want to ask a question for a future Spotlight Star Wars episode that is specific to me and this show. There's also the main show. You can use the hashtag ForceCenter and ask us questions there. We're on Instagram, YouTube. You can like our Facebook page. Don't forget, if you want to get some merchandise, tpublic.com slash user slash force center is the place to go. You can always try a free audiobook out on us at audibletrial.com slash center. And as always, patreon.com slash center is a place to support us. But we always say we appreciate your support no matter what it is, even if it's giving us a listen, giving us a like, a subscription, a rating, a review, or even better, telling a friend about us. We appreciate all of you here in the Force Center family. So that's it. We'll see you next time on Spotlight Star Wars. Hi,
2: I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter,